From the American Association of Nurse Practitioners, I'm your host, AANP President Sophia Thomas. And this is NP Pulse, the voice of the nurse practitioner. Welcome to NP Pulse and the third episode in our NP Week series, NPs Today, Tomorrow, Together. As always, Be sure to subscribe to this podcast and share it with your colleagues. Check back each month for new conversations with nurse practitioners and healthcare leaders from across the nation. If you haven't yet listened to the first two episodes in our NP Week series, I would highly recommend that you carve out some time to do so. Trust me, you don't want to miss my conversations with NP pioneers, Jean Artker and Nick Burnett. But this episode is equally as exciting. Our guest today was instrumental in laying the groundwork for the advancement of the NP role. In fact, without her, NPs would be decades behind where we are now, and the American Association of Nurse Practitioners probably wouldn't even exist. I'm speaking, of course, about Dr. Jan Towers, one of the godmothers of the NP role, a mentor that has taught me so much and someone I'm honored and privileged to be able to call my friend. The wealth of knowledge and wisdom that she possesses is just astounding, and I can't wait for her to share it with you. So let's get started and welcome Dr. Jan Towers to NP Pulse. Jan, welcome to NP Pulse. Thank you. It's very nice to be here. I'm so glad to have you. You know, you've been an icon in the nurse practitioner uh, role for decades and you've been involved with our our profession um, and the role of the nurse practitioner since early on. Um, you were one of the founders of the American Academy of Nurse Practitioners, which ended up um, becoming the American Association of Nurse Practitioners. And I'd love for you to share your story about how you how you got started as a nurse and then um, how you became a nurse practitioner. And then we'll get on to some other uh, subject matter beyond that. Well, as you can remember, or maybe you at least you have heard, <laughs> that uh, back in those days, there was no organize, organized profession as a nurse practitioner. Uh, we were all uh, reaching out from our roles in a variety of places. And um, I started out uh, as a nurse because basically uh, there wasn't anything else to do except be a teacher. And I wasn't truly interested in being a teacher, so... I, my choice was that or being a, a, an airline hostess, which was a brand new uh, up-and-coming thing way back then, and um, also uh, being a secretary. So we didn't have a lot of choices. What year was this? I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you when I graduated from nursing nurse practitioner school. Okay. Uh, at any rate, um, I think the thing that was most interesting about my education was I was in one of the first baccalaureate programs that existed in the country. And that was the direction that uh, nursing was going, which is one of the reasons I got interested in it. Um, I had a mother who was a teacher and had a graduate degree and a bunch of aunts and uncles with degrees. And they all were anxious to see me get do something like that. And they all wanted me to be a teacher. And I wasn't too interested in that. So away we went with, with the, uh, the nursing piece. I had my own set of Cherry Ames books. Um, 
which unfortunately I no longer have. I wish I had them. Uh, and I went to a, a baccalaureate program, which was one of the first ones in the country. I was there. I went to Duke. And that's where the PA program, as you know, uh, started and when they started doing their formal uh, preparation beyond uh, Primex. And I knew Dr. Stead, and Dr. Stead wanted to start a, a similar kind of thing for nurses, but we were not into that at that point in time, and so our school would not participate in that, uh, that particular uh, part of uh, medical education. What we did do, though, was one of the things we we got ourselves involved with was related to expanding our role. So we had a lot of situations where our well baby clinics, we staffed them, we did, did examinations and took care of the, the medical needs uh, as they came up with guidance from a physician uh, in those days. And um, we uh, uh, ended up doing a lot of things that were unusual and different for nurses at the time. And we were popular with not with the nurses and not with the physicians uh, as we started this out, but we were more unpopular with the, the nurses than the physicians actually in relation to this role at that particular point in time. We got, got moving into the whole area of, of uh, grants, and that's probably when all of this really took off. The government decided to fund people like us, and so we had uh, a couple of... Um, uh, Situations where grants were, were developed, some for students, some for um, uh, programs. And uh, that was began the start of the formal educational framework for nurse practitioners. And I was got to be one of the first ones to lead a program with that because there were no programs. And so when we when we started having a program related to to uh, preparing us why we all had to run out sort of in front of the rest of the, the crowd, learn how to do it, and then come back and teach them. So it was very different back then than it is now. I and mean, as a result, I can see how far it has come. It's really come a long way. And so uh, going back then, what program did you um, chair? Well, I was with, with, went to Penn State University uh, and to their program. That was the one that we had the grant. And of course, we were family. So um, our program was family, and we were affiliated with the Hershey Medical Center and the uh, family uh, pra practice there that sort of adopted us and took us under their wing and uh, uh, made our, our progress in relation to that. Probably one of the things that made me very interested in this was the fact that as a, a uh, faculty member in an undergraduate program, um, we found ourselves taking students to, to, to work with patients, particularly out in places like in migrant camps and, and uh, community clinics and that sort of thing, that we could go in and we knew what was wrong with patient and particularly kids, but there was no way to take care of them because the physicians wouldn't accept their green cards, which was the way you got Medicaid back in that day. And so we ended up uh, being very frustrated with the fact that you have sick kids with with an earache, but we couldn't look in their ear, nor even though we knew what we would find, and we couldn't treat them uh, because we could not prescribe. So that was sort of what got us interested in spreading this around more and more. And of course, uh, at the same time that that um, uh, this was happening in this area of the country, it was happening in other areas of the country too. I started out in North Carolina, where uh, we were dealing with 
expanded clinics, and then if you went to Pennsylvania and Maryland, and here, lo and behold, they were doing the same thing there, too, and in expanding it to doing uh, pelvic examinations and uh, IUD checks and, and that sort of thing. So while we were not formalized, uh, we certainly were expanding our uh, scope of practice and uh, truly expanding our scope of practice at that particular point in time. And when did you become a nurse practitioner? 1976. 1976. And those, um, you know, that that was the the evolution of public health nursing, really, what you're talking about. Yeah, that's right. And we called ourselves public health nurses back then. And then, of course, it changed to community health. And then the whole thing kind of died and went away, which is what we're suffering from right now. Um, but uh, that was, uh, expanding that was was very important and really did reach out to a lot of people. And from there, we started looking at, okay, when you know when you get a bunch of people out and you're educating them, the, the students came back and said, we need a support system because there's no nothing out there that's supporting us. And they were feeling very alone when they got into they got jobs in clinics because they were not really well accepted by the nursing community initially. And uh, as a result, um, we ended up trying to find ways to, to uh, form groups. We formed one that I was involved with in central Pennsylvania. And then we also started working on the same similar kinds of things in the state of Pennsylvania. And, uh, and then, uh, of course, the um, things that led to the national piece. And one of the things that's famous is my apple tree in my backyard because <laughs> I invited all these groups to, to, um, to meet in the apple tree, in the, in the backyard, and we would sit under the apple tree and and uh, cook up bylaws and uh, schemes related to things that we needed to have done. The, the first big thing was title recognition, and after that was um, prescriptive authority, and later on came payment. And so, was that the very beginning of you getting involved in health policy? Um, well, the health policy thing is very interesting because I kind of backed into it. I do like to, people always kid me because I enjoy reading policy stuff uh, and then that can be my bedtime reading rather than something else. And, uh, people always groan when they hear me say that, but I, it, I sort of had an interest in that. And then we found, you know, we needed to become proactive in relation to doing the things that we wanted to do and to expanding our role the way we thought we ought to. And uh, as a result, we, we ended up um, uh, getting involved that way. So started out with uh, lunches and, and meeting, trying to work things out with the local group. We started having regular meetings um, and uh, talking about things that we needed. And, of course, the, the big thing was because we got so much opposition from, from nursing itself, we had to figure out other ways to, to get people's attention in relation to doing what needed to be done. And uh, the first big thing was trying to get uh, title recognition, I remember, in Pennsylvania. And then uh, being able to uh, function as, as nurse practitioners and call ourselves nurse practitioners. And that was interesting. But that was how, how I got involved. And so I didn't go to a formal program. I went to a continuing ed program that was established by Penn State for me. And the, there were two other faculty people in, in the beginning and we all took the courses ahead of the students and then taught them. And that was how I got into it. So I always say I backed into it. Uh, it was there. It kind of came up and poked me in the eye, and uh, I was hooked. 
It didn't. Ha- it helped a lot that one of our first uh, things in Pennsylvania that we undertook, we actually uh, won, uh, and it was it was a third party reimbursement bill, and that sort of uh, gave you the appetite for continuing on to to do this stuff and have enthusiasm. So that was truly uh, something that made me move. And the work that you did, that was uh, there locally in Pennsylvania, um, mm-hmm. in the state of Pennsylvania. So, nice. um, you know, you're meeting under the apple tree. As I understand it, there were NPs from all over the country that came to meet there under the well, apple they, tree. Well, they did over time, but the first ones that met were, were we would call ourselves the Pennsylvania Contingency. In um, the uh, year that, that we decided to, the nurse practitioners or nurses that, that functioned as nurse practitioners as we know them today, felt that we needed to have more support and we needed to form some sort of an organization. And so there was a meeting on Mother's Day uh, in Washington, D.C., uh, that we all stayed afterwards, uh, whoever was interested in doing that, to to meet. And that's where we had all the, the multiple people from all over. But the actual group that I met with, uh, I'm working with the, uh, the bylaws, was uh, just from Pennsylvania. We said we'd take the bylaws and we'd work with them, and so we did. And then we took them back to uh, propose to the rest of the group. There was another group that was working on money, another group that was um, working on um, uh, things related to, to uh, getting interest, information out to, to nurse, nurses that are interested in this sort of thing. And this was all prior to a, sh- a summit in Chicago that... Uh, was held by the ANA and other uh, groups of already established nursing organizations, none of which had anything that had to do with family nurse practitioners or, or, or adult nurse practitioners. That was the group that was missing. And we were kind of there pushing that this needed to be included. So we came up with our proposal for the bylaws, which were not accepted. And uh, then we decided that we still needed to have an organization for these people so we went ahead and formed the American Academy of Nurse Practitioners. And it was after that then we had, I for quite some time held board meetings here at the farm and, and uh, had a, a lot of meetings that way. They were the people that met under the tree that were from, from other places. And this would have been um, back in the 1990s? Uh, actually in the late 80s. Late eight, and way back before we had email. Um, oh, Yes. We had we had what were called phone trees. <laughs> I remember phone trees. We had them in the '90s as well. Yeah. Uh, so you know, one person uh, makes a call, and they call two people, and those two right. people call two people, and right. Um, you uh, you had to send letters in the mail, um, the old fashioned way, and uh, people were using faxes as well. Correct. Right. Fax. In fact, faxes were the newest thing. Oh yeah. I, I remember staying home when. One time at Christmas vacation, and we needed to get a piece of a document um, moved from one end of the country to the other and, and a signature on it. And we used a fax to, to do that. And uh, how amazed we were looking, you know, we were all holding it up and looking at it and, and uh, really impressed with how far we had come. And no, I don't think any of us dreamed it would be like this. But Oh, gosh. Uh, and look, and uh, a call from one side of the country to the other was not. Free. We had to pay for our our long distance phone calls. Oh yeah, yes. So um, the really but that I was think, a lot cheaper than carrying it or not getting it to somebody who needed it. I, I remember it was a deadline and it was Christmas and we were 
scrambling around, how could we do this? And somebody had heard about the faxes. And so we found a fax and we had something sent. And there it was. Absolutely. You know, it's just amazing that uh, back then, just in the very beginning of uh, what we at that time thought was modern technology, that the work that we got done um, in the 80s and 90s before email, before, you know, cell phones, et cetera. And it's amazing how their nurse practitioners uh, really rallied and communicated and uh, were very creative at, at getting the word yeah, out. Yeah, we were. Um, but that's what we do. We just, we get the job done the best way we can. And um, so I, it's it's just... We thought we were very creative at the time. Oh, you well, you were. You absolutely were. <laughs> And um, so we've we've come such a long way, and and you know, had we had the technology that we have now back in the '80s and '90s, just imagine um, how how much professional growth there would have been, and um, we really would have gotten even more people involved. Um, yep. But hearing the stories about how um, you all, the the people that came before me, I became a nurse practitioner in 1996. Um, so hearing the stories about uh, the things that happened um, to to really lay such a great foundation of the American Academy of Nurse Practitioners and the first NPs to work on health policy and have these legislative successes um, is just profound. And I, um, I remember as a, a very uh, young NP attending your health policy leadership fellowship in, um, in D.C. that you hosted. That was when we taught everybody that nobody was was uh, um, beneath being able to meet with your legislator or meet with appropriate legislators. And so, you know, we actually got everybody together in person. And uh, they were fun times and very, very, very valuable. We got a lot of work done uh, by uh, using that particular technique. Oh, yeah. We would, um, you would bring together, um, was it 50 or 100 uh, nurse practitioners? Uh, well, most of the time it was between 40 and 50 because we wanted to keep it, you know, intimate so that people actually felt like they were doing something, not just sitting in a big room. And then we would bring some of the le- the uh, legislative staff that we've been working with uh, to the meeting to talk or meet, meet with them. And then the, everybody would go and meet with their own legislators related to issues and topics that were important to, to us as um, developing nurse practitioners. Those were the very first uh, days of, of NPs really getting involved in health policy and understanding the importance of getting involved and engaged to move the needle um, to ultimately you know, improve uh, the healthcare climate, access to care, and really to be able to have nurse practitioners be able to provide uh, uh, care to patients. Right, and one one of the things that we always, when we first started out, we could see that some of the other groups, like the midwives, were very active. And how do you get to do that? And I just said, come up to the hill and start doing it. And so that's what our organization did. And so, Jan, how did you, um, because you, you started going to the hill, you started walking the, the halls of, of the Capitol, uh, knocking on legislators' doors, um, really, um, writing bills and submitting bills on behalf of nurse practitioners. You are our very first lobbyist. Um, well, actually, I was not the lobbyist. I was the resource person. We we always hire yes. a lobbyist. Yeah, right. Yeah. And they would they would get us in the door, and then we would go in with our story. 
Exactly. Yeah. Uh, we can't say that you were a lobbyist, but but you would. You would go and advocate on behalf of nurse practitioners um, for, for decades. And how did you start doing that? What was your first, what was it like your first time to go to Capitol Hill? Well, the thing that helped us, at least for me, helped me with, with that was the fact that um, we are, I had already been very active in Pennsylvania. We had gotten down the road, had actually gotten a third-party reimbursement bill. We're getting title recognition. So I'd had some experience with that, and it just seemed the logical thing to do is to you know, look at the national things and see what we could do about that. And the first thing was getting money for our programs. And then, uh, then we moved on to spreading more in terms of being recognized as providers in the programs and then uh, making sure that we get paid, finding some way to get paid. And, it, you know, it all took time. But um, I had already been there in relation to that. And I got in, and as I said before, the one question we said was, well, how do you do this? And they said, just get up there and start talking to people. And so <laughs> that's basically what we did. Yeah, everybody knew Jan Towers in the Capitol, that's, that's for sure, <laughs> and which is great. And, you know, you've inspired so many other NPs to get involved in health policy. I think, you know, um, had I not attended your Health Policy Leadership Fellowship, I know I wouldn't have, have been as engaged in health policy, you know, the 25 years that I've been a nurse practitioner. It was very, you know, those were inspirational times, and, and um, the way you taught us the way you um, laid everything out for us. You made it seem so easy that, um, you know, they all put well, their pants the on the same way. Yeah, and, and that's that the, was goal. the goal. You know, this is not something to be afraid of or to, be, to intimidate you. You have a right to be up here. These people are your employees. Yes, and you were, uh, you were really grooming future leaders to really, I think that's part of your legacy, is, is grooming the future NPs to um, take up the mantle and really continue on with, uh, health policy work and advocate on behalf of the profession and, and behalf of patients. Well, and I remember how good it felt. One of the first uh, meetings that we had where we had our annual meeting in Washington and we had a, on, on our Hill Day, we had all the state reps who had learned how to interact and talk with these people to be the leaders of the groups from their states and how well they did it. And I th that was probably one of the, the best moments for me in terms of seeing what we could do. And of course, we've been doing it ever since. You have. I, I remember the first time I ever saw you and I thought, oh, because I'd heard your name, you know, you are the, the famous Jan Towers. And I thought, oh, my gosh, that's 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 the real Jan Towers. This is the one that's been leading us and doing all of this work on our behalf. And I was just in awe of you. And you still continue to work. Um you're still involved in, in our health policy. Yep. Still lots to do. We're getting lots of doors open, though. I'm really pleased. A lot more doors. I mean, you were banging on those doors decades ago. And, and uh, the well, time... Well, a couple of, couple of the doors that we just got opened are things that we were banging on way back when. Oh, exactly. Look, I, I joke <laughs> because we were... Uh, we uh, talk about uh, diabetic shoes and on home health Um and we were working on those things back in the early 1990s. And, right. um, you know, and now we're there. We finally got it. Yeah, I tell you, because it got to be quite embarrassing for me to update our members every year that we're still working on diabetic shoes and home health. And everyone just kind of slaps their heads like, are we really? And Including and, all of us. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's I almost got embarrassed to have to <laughs> admit that we're still working on it. But we have had those successes. And um 
it's been, uh, and we still have so much more work to do. So oh, yes. we just whittle away. It's, some things are getting easier. Like we don't have to argue so much about what we can do and what we can contribute. And uh, that's been good uh, the last several years. And I hope that continues So with uh, the changes that we have coming up. I think so. I think the professional reputation of nurse practitioners as healthcare providers, really making a difference in healthcare, it is it's it's in the the public view now. Whereas right. a couple of decades ago, we had to explain who we were and and what we could do. And now we can go into rooms and actually they know. Oh, this is a nurse practitioner's. We know what they do. Um, and we've finally come full cycle in that uh, people can. Uh, of all ages and all generations, uh, know what a nurse practitioner is. It started out with kids knew who we were because the pediatric situation was the, the way it was. Uh, and then young women did. And then uh, as, as the population got older, everybody grew up with the population. So now I don't think there's anybody that doesn't have some sense of what a nurse practitioner is. Or the thing I find is when we talk about, do you know what a nurse practitioner is? Oh, yes, I go to one. Exactly. <laughs> so... And they're satisfied. Yes, that's it's a great thing. So we we've come a long way. What are in your viewpoint uh, throughout your career? What can you say were some really landmark or pivotal moments um, in in our role? Well, I think that in terms of of where we have come with with the issues that we've dealt with, we have really there's no problem with title and that recognition. The last state, which I think was Georgia. I uh, got that a few years back, um, but and we uh, certainly, the prescriptive authority thing, when I think of what we have on our maps now compared to what we used to have um, on them, the, the progress we've made there has been very significant. Uh, and uh, now we're working on, on payment uh, processes. So all those things were, each time we, we you know, reached a certain point with that, you felt like you had arrived. Um, the highest point for me in terms of arriving probably was that first win that we had in Pennsylvania, which told us taught us all that we could we could do it, and that gave us the drive to to do it. As far as uh, federal legislation, I think the Federal Employees Health Insurance Bill, which was the first thing we got through, um, uh, and that was before we believed that we could get anything through the federal government. That's opened the doors and opened our eyes so that we. It, it, you know, made us more uh, encouraged to do things. And then, you know, the whole thing with Medicare, when Medicare broke open and, and then Medicare was a part of that, even though it was hard to see it all the time, um, that certainly um, opened things up for us and made us more um, uh, acceptable as, as an employee as well as a, a practitioner in terms of being able to get, get things paid for. So that was a big breakthrough. And the latest breakthrough, I think, has been the... the um, value-based value purchasing uh, framework that has, is beginning to take over and the opening up of the, the um, uh, regulations in relation to nurse practitioners. So it's pretty easy to get, you call attention to the fact that they haven't, they've forgotten to change this regulation. And uh, it's something that would have been, we call it an oversight now. Uh, those have happened. So each one of those milestones has made it easier for us to move forward uh, with the things that we want to f do for uh, patient care. Yeah, and I think a lot of this is just modernizing outdated language that, that just now existed. Now it is, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we just have to update uh, outdated um, licensure laws on the state level and then regulatory uh, language um, on the federal level. Right. So what are some things, Jan, 
if if you were to talk to a, a new nurse practitioner um, and um, try to uh, explain to them the importance of health policy, I, I always say getting involved in health policy is really investment in your future and an investment in the profession. Um, getting engaged is so important. But what what are some things that you would tell to uh, new nurse practitioners about health policy? Well, I don't think there's as much resistance or anxiety about it now as there used to be. I just go to our regional meetings and you can see uh, how much progress we've made in relation to that. They, you know, they all are, are well, the people that are there are well-informed uh, and have well-informed questions. There was a time when you kind of, they would sit there and look at you kind of with dull faces like they were, it was all beyond them. And I think we're way past that now. So that's one of the things to do is to encourage them to take part in all these activities that we have that help them to to see the kinds of things we're doing. Um, actually, this the pandemic in some ways, because we're doing so much Zooming, I think is actually helping that because they can see for themselves without having to put so much money out of their pocket, they can't afford to do it, uh, what's happening and uh, uh, begin to, to, to know that this is something that they can have an impact. I think if you know you can have an impact, you're much more willing to get involved. And I think that's the thing that we try to do is to get everybody involved. Exactly. And, and from the AANP standpoint, we try to provide our members as, with as much information as possible through our advocacy center. Um, we have a, a weekly government affairs update that I know you you help contribute to. Um, we, pro- we try to provide our members on the state and national level with really the most current events going on that impact NP practice and access to care, um, because uh, with with using our voice, we we use voter voice and other things like that. Uh, when we write those letters to our our representatives and congressmen, um, they get read and they have an impact. Right, they do. And uh, the thing that I used, that we were talking about the past versus now, when you think of all the resources that are available via IT, etc., um, we you know they have a lot. Of more going for them than we did in terms of being able to keep ourselves informed. So that's, that's positive. Absolutely. I agree. And um, so one more question for you. So when looking towards uh, the future, you know, the, the uh, slogan for NP week is NP is today, tomorrow together. Um, when you look at tomorrow, um, today and tomorrow, um, what, what are some things that you see in the profession uh, some words of wisdom that you could give to share, um, some insight to let all of our members know about insight insights from Jan Towers. <laughs> well, I think the thing that uh, is is most important is that um, we found the, we finally opened the door, and I'm not sure "finally" is the best word. We have have over time opened the door, and yeah, kind of uh, creaked open slowly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And some it's going faster than others now. Yeah. And so uh, I certainly think that nurse practitioners are the answer, to, particularly to primary care, as well as to, to all kinds of care. Look at the things that they're beginning to do in behavioral health and with uh, drug addiction and that sort of thing. Everywhere you go, you see uh, places where we've been able to have an impact. And each time we've done a good job. I can remember when we were first starting these organizations, there was a question whether or not they were needed, particularly ours. And they said, well, let them go if we need one. We need organizations that will grow. If we don't, it won't. Well, look what we've grown. Look what we're doing. And I think, you know, that's enough proof right there to say that this is what we need to keep doing. So just keep up the good work. 
Yep, and that's what we'll do as as individual providers and also as an association. And I might add an association that you helped found and grow under the apple tree. And and, uh, this is, again, the AANP is part of your legacy. Um, You know, without you and and your colleagues back then, we wouldn't be where we are today. So I thank you for all of your work on, on behalf of all nurse practitioners. Well, as I've always said, this can't be done alone. Nothing is done in isolation. So it takes everybody to be involved. And that's, that's what we've seen is the growth of involvement. Exactly. And that's, that's a plus. So, Jan, thank you for joining us today. You're welcome. I want to remind everyone again of AANP's special NP Week membership discount. Don't forget to use the discount code NPWEEK20 to save $20 on an NP membership or a membership renewal during the month of November. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast, share it with your colleagues, and check back each month for new episodes. As always, be kind, be safe, and be the voice of the nurse practitioner. (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.